Iowa defeating Northwestern 82 to 61 here. I uh, apologize for the the slight delay, but uh, recapping what was a very impressive performance against a Northwestern team that I thought played very uninspired. We will be uh, joined by Coach Gary Close here momentarily, and we will open the call lines uh, open. We will open it up if I can speak. We'll open up the call line after uh, Close gets off the phone. So. Uh, let me just make sure that Gary's good to go here. And we'll get to your comments while we're waiting for Gary to call in. Uh, it was senior night. So, of course, Jordan Bohannon, we assume his final game played, right? Unless he finds a way to come back for a seventh year. Um, Austin Ash, it, it felt like he was moving on. And I, I've kind of assumed that um, throughout this season that, that he probably is not going to head back for another year. Now, maybe he transfers somewhere else. Is that possible? I think he technically could I have no idea if that, that that's in his uh, in his mindset right now. Uh, but the bottom line is Iowa took care of business. I didn't think Iowa played tremendously well on either side, but they played they did what they should have done against the Northwestern team that I thought played below average. And I don't I'm not trying to be I'm not trying to take anything away from the win. I thought Northwestern was flat out bad in that first half. I, th- I thought they were terrible. You know, and you know, if you watch a show, I'm going to speak my mind. I thought Northwestern was terrible in the first half, better in the second half. No question about it. I thought Chris Collins did make some nice adjustments for that second half, but you can't dig yourself a 20 something lead at halftime and expect to be able to make a comeback. So uh, Iowa took care of business. It's exactly what you wanted to see heading into a very important final two games of the year because you're at Michigan, you're at Illinois, and certainly Iowa losing to both of those teams at home. So this is not it's going to be a tall order to continue this winning streak but uh Iowa doing what it needs to do right now and that's all you can ask for. Uh let's get to your comments here while we're waiting for coach close to join us. <laughs> Thank you for this Raymond. I appreciate this comment. He says they let the students in for free and it was packed because of that tonight. That's what Corey wanted. There were a lot of students here Raymond. I'll say this and I'll I, I want to talk about it more once Gary's off but I I want to make it clear that I was disappointed with the, the fan attendance tonight. And you're not going to hear that from probably, well, maybe other people will talk about that. I know Fran McCaffrey was very complimentary during his post-game interview on um, with Gary and, and Bobby. Uh, he was very complimentary of the crowd. And I understand that he's, he's, you know, why, why wouldn't you be complimentary of a, of a crowd that did show up, but I was disappointed that it wasn't packed. I understand it was packed yesterday for the women. Why, why is it so hard to pack an arena when it's 50 to 55 degrees outside all day. It's a seven o'clock tip off. The students are not on vacation. The students are being set, uh, let in for free. Senior night, Bohannon's had all kinds of, whether you like Jordan or not, he set all kinds of records as a Hawkeye. Austin Ash is a, is a, a favorite. Connor McCaffrey, I think he's coming back, but we don't know that. I, I just was a little bit disappointed by that. And you can say I'm nitpicking. Uh, I was at the game. So, uh, you know, and I know I'm not normally at these games. I get that. So if people want to criticize me for not being at the games, I understand that. I don't live in Iowa city though. That's a factor. And I would have to think that there were a lot of people that stayed home in Iowa city, but the people that were there were very, very loud, very energetic. It helped having Austin Ash hit that late three. Um, That certainly helped the cause, but uh, overall, just again, um, the atmosphere was, was very good. I, I don't know what the, official attendance was my guess it was somewhere between 13 5 and 14 would be my guess um i'm not a great uh, judge of attendance especially in carver 
but that would be my guess. But Raymond, you're right. I, I think that needs to continue, and it won't. I, I would be shocked if it does. I think it, it should. Iowa should let students in for free. That's that's the correct way of doing this. Um, they don't like doing it. I, I understand that. But boy, that would be nice if they could continue to let students in for free because it does it does give incentive to a student body that's been a bit disconnected from this program, at least in my opinion. Lomansky agrees. Absolutely. Let them in. And we've got some time now for the university to really examine this in the offseason because, yeah, they're not playing anymore. They're not playing at home. They ain't going to the they're – in the, they're in the tournament, folks. They, don't, they lose out. They're in the tournament. They lose to Michigan, Illinois, and lose in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. They are in. Iowa is officially a lock for the tournament. Argue with me if you want. There's no I, – I, I thought they were a lock before this game, quite frankly. But, you know, to blow out Northwestern, they did exactly what they needed to do. But my point is they will not be back home. So – the, the the university has time now to to figure out how to give incentive to these these students, and I've said it for a long time. Let them in for free. I don't know why you can't reconfigure seating to to give them a better spot in the arena. That's a factor as well. But I, I did appreciate the fact that uh, they were let in for free tonight. Vincent, bring up Connor McCaffrey finding his shot as tournament time approaches. Yeah, let's just hope he can continue. Um, he is actually, if you, I'd, I'd be curious to look back and I haven't done this. I'd be curious to look back at his track record as it relates to the three point shot, specifically comparing his away games versus his home games. I think he struggled more at home and it seems like he's felt more pressure at home and he's had more success. Penn state's a perfect example, shooting the three on the road. I believe he got it going a year ago against Michigan state on the road as well. And I know there's no, there was no crowd there a year ago. But my point is, I think Connor is starting to to round into form even at home, and that's an excellent sign. I know they're not going to be back at home, but I think his confidence is pretty high right now. I don't know how many threes he up to look at the box score here in a moment, but he had to have taken six threes in this game. Good to have you here, Ari Gold. Charles Parr wasn't aware of the Patrick McCaffrey injury. Can anyone fill me in? Is it something that should keep him out an extended period of time? The university called it day-to-day. And uh, thank you, Jared, for explaining that. Um, but yes, day to day, as far as I'm aware, and I believe, I believe we have Coach Gary close on the line. Gary, can you hear me? Yeah, Corey, how you doing? I am doing wonderful. An impressive Hawkeye victory, and a victory that was, uh, you know, uh, avoiding a, what would have been a, a bad loss, but sending the students, the, the the senior student athletes, and the student managers out on the right note. What were your thoughts? Oh my goodness. I don't know if it could have been scripted any better. To tell you the truth. Um, between playing pretty well and winning the game convincingly to manager hitting that shot and Ash hitting the <laughs> shot. Uh, couldn't have been better. Gary, um, your son is a, a manager on this team. And um, I forget the young man who hit the, the name of the young man that hit the, the half, half court shot, but has, has your son, Sam, has he talked at all about uh, him? I know he's been an inspiration to uh, the whole team. Yes. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Uh, and that's why it was so cool. Um, you left the apartment. I'm walking up the top of the stairs <laughs> at Carver. We, we tend to catch you when you're doing that, uh, Gary, and I don't want you to hyperventilate. It's, uh, it's a trick. No, I'm good. Okay. I made it to the top. Uh, but they've been working with him all week to get him ready and he delivered wow for anybody who didn't see that and i don't know if it was if it can i'd love for somebody to comment this in the chat i don't know if it was shown on television but it was his second attempt from half court and he nailed it i mean you could tell he he'd been, you can tell he'd been practicing that coach yeah yeah and it's 
you know, you just you can't ask for anything better. The team mobbed him, Fran mobbed him. He'll remember that the rest of his life. I haven't seen Fran Fran mob anybody. And we've seen last second shots, <laughs> game winning shots, and that was a good good display of them. I'm glad to see Fran kind of let his uh I don't want to call it a front. It's not a front, but but let his uh serious personality kind of go for a moment and uh you can just tell how much they, yeah. they love him. So Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, senior night is a tough night. And for it to go as well as it did, you know, obviously you want to win the game. That's the most important thing. But you want your seniors to go out, you know, on a high note. And, and uh, you know, Jordan played terrific. Uh, Connor played terrific. I don't know if it's going to be his last game, but he was honored as a, uh, as a senior. And, and, uh, and they played, you know, better and better as the game went on. And, and uh, you know, they just keep beating people soundly. And uh, hopefully they can just keep – keep that direction going as they get into some more competitive games and then the big 10 tournament. And then of course uh, the big dance. Absolutely. Let's talk about Keegan Murray here for a second, 26 and 18. You know, I thought he started slow and um, the friends that I was with at the game that made the same comment that, that it seemed like Keegan was, had started a bit slow, um, but boy, to erupt for 26 and 18, this is what he does. What did you see from Keegan tonight? Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I thought he did get off to a little bit of a slow start. Sometimes, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to make things happen, and and that that can cause that. And then he finally uh, started to settle in, and you know, the last 25, 30 minutes, he was just phenomenal. And and I'm guessing that's his last game on the on the, on the floor. And and you know, 26 and 18 is not a bad way to go out. Certainly is not. Um, how about Connor McCaffrey tonight, Gary? I mean, we've talked about him. But his three-point stroke, he was five and nine, nine three-point attempts tonight. And I think that would, honestly, that might be the bigger stat here. Uh, you, you could argue the five makes are, are more significant. But the fact that he was willing to take nine threes, there was a time earlier this season, Coach, where Connor wouldn't take almost any threes, even if they're wide open. And he is seems to be writhing with confidence right now. Yeah, well, Tommy, uh, shooters need confidence. And I'm sure he's worked hard on his game and, you start seeing the ball go through and then that's really all it takes. You know, and he, uh, he shot all those shots with a lot of confidence and, and uh, boy, that's just another weapon. And he does so many other things on the court in terms of defending and passing and, you know, not making any mistakes. He's you know, good with the ball that, uh, you know, his, his, his offensive production is an added bonus. So one less guy that you can, you know, lay off of. So, uh, couldn't couldn't pick a better time to be doing that. And then the third guy in double figures, Jordan Bohannon with 18 points. Um, you know, took 11 threes, made four of them. I mean, not the best shooting night in the world for for Jordan, but um, I keep saying this: if he's making threes, and you add in Peyton Sanford, who had a quiet night as well, but then you add into that the fact that you've got Chris Murray and now Connor McCaffrey making threes. To me, having that fourth guy in Connor to compliment guys like Jordan just takes this team, it gives this team a much higher ceiling. How important is it to have an extra guy like Connor to be able to make threes once we get to tournament time? Oh, it's, you know, it's, it's great. I mean, the more, the more threats you got out there, the more the defense has got to get spread out and, and less guys that can be laying off people hanging around Keegan. So it's, uh, it just opens it up not only for Keegan, but other guys as well. So I thought Jordan, Jordan played well, you know, a couple of, couple threes he had to take with a shot clock winding down that he had no choice and weren't high percentage shots. But the ones where he got the ones where he got the real good looks, um, he was he was uh he was pretty pretty much spot on.
And we've talked about a bunch of positives. And I just want to make one note. This is an honest assessment. I think you would probably agree, but I'd like to get your thoughts, Gary. I thought Northwestern was really bad tonight, especially in that first half. Uh, I have not seen a performance like that from any Northwestern team because normally Chris Collins has those guys ready to play and they're competitive. That was about as bad of a first half as I've seen out of a Big Ten team. Am I right? Yeah, no, I I would agree. uh, It looked like they didn't want to be there, uh, which which surprised me. Um, But, uh, you know, this time of the year, um, you can run into that, uh, you know, when, when there's not a whole lot to play for, uh, but hopefully they can, you know, regroup and show better for themselves when the, when the tournament runs around. But when losses pile up, it gets tough. Trust me, it's not an easy thing to deal with. So just to run through the stats before we let you go, coach, this 39% from the field for the Hawkeyes, 38% for Northwestern, but Iowa dominating on the, on the glass, 50 to 35, 50 rebounds for the Hawks. Um, as far as turnovers are concerned, Iowa with 11, but 15 for Northwestern. A lot of those were unforced, but, but coach mm-hmm. McCaffrey actually hit it on the head. I mean, the post-game interview with, with Gary Dolphin, uh, when Iowa can force turnovers, which is of course, sometimes are unforced, but uh, oftentimes a result of, of aggressive and also, um, you know, just sound defense, just uh, fundamental defense. It helps them get in transition, um, defensively. Let's kind of reevaluate this team we've had a few more games to kind of look at and we haven't really talked specifically about Iowa's progress defensively I know it's hard to judge against Northwestern team that again I didn't think looked very good but what have you seen over the past month from Iowa and are they ready to uh, potentially make take a next step in the tournament well they're definitely improved I don't think there's any question they're 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 a better defensive team maybe the best defense they've played in, in quite a while yeah I agree. Uh, certainly this year so um you know that bodes well I mean that's uh you're going to get into more half-court situations. You're going to get into more grinding-type games. Um, you know, there's more pressure with it, one and done, uh, once you get into tournament play. So your defense can can carry. Your defense can keep you in games. Your defense can, uh, you know, help you sustain shooting uh, slumps or, you know, little breaks where you're not hitting it. So it's encouraging. Hopefully they can continue along that path. Okay, Coach. So Michigan coming up. Um... Iowa obviously losing to the Wolverines last time out. That was uh, honestly, and I, I, I'd have to look back at the schedule, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Fran would agree with this. I think Iowa's going to come out ready to play in Ann Arbor because I really don't think they like how they played against the, against Michigan last time out. And, of course, it was that game that kind of seemed to electrify them into motion for this streak that they've gone on. From what you remember, of course, they struggled containing Diabate. How does Iowa get it done in Ann Arbor this time around? Well, I think it'd be important for them, you know, being on the road to get off to a good start. Um, and you do that with, you know, with sound offensive possessions as well as defensive possessions. And, you know, they're going to face a Michigan team that's desperate. Uh, you know, they, they need more wins to get into the tournament. So they're going to have to play well uh, to beat them because uh, this is a really, really important game for for Michigan. Actually, it's an important game for Iowa. You know, they're, they're looking up at Ohio State. They're not, the, you know, they got a chance to, get into that fourth spot if yes, they should stumble. So yeah. there, there's a lot to play for. It should be a great game. And I just want to ask you one more thing about Michigan, because we haven't had a chance to really talk about it on this show, but the Juwan Howard incident resulting in a five game suspension for Juwan, um, which I thought was appropriate. I don't, I don't agree with the pundits that say he should have been suspended for the postseason as well. I think five was suffice. What I don't agree with Gary, and I'd like to get your thoughts on this. What I don't agree with is giving, 
each player that was involved in the incident, specifically the guys who were throwing haymaker punches, giving each of those guys a game apiece. To me, it was a bad look for the Big Ten. To me, it looks like from the outside, and I'm not saying the Big Ten's doing this, but it looks like the Big Ten said, hey, we want Michigan to get into the tournament, and if we suspend both of these guys who are regular role players, Diabate has been one of their better players, then that hurts their chances. Am I wrong in saying that, and did you agree with the suspensions? Uh, I thought they were pretty close, Corey. Yeah, I think um, I think the message was that uh, they were really disappointed in the coaches, and that the coaches, okay. uh, uh, you know, what they what they, the you know leadership they showed affect their players reacted, and so that instead of penalizing them as much as uh, maybe maybe a little more, I think I think I think it was pretty sound um, pretty sound suspensions, and and hopefully uh, the message has been sent and. We won't see any more of that. Are you surprised that there was no suspension for Greg Gard? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. I, um, you know, just watching the video, um, I thought there was a chance, but um, you know, but that, that's the decision they made, and and uh, it's hard to complain about a whole lot about. It. I think it was, I think it was pretty accurate. All right, Coach. Well, I uh, I know you uh, greatly enjoyed the game and uh, safe travels back to Wisconsin. Thank you for for hopping on with us, and we'll be with you what t- uh, Thursday? Is that the next game? Thursday against Michigan. Thursday, and I'll be in South Carolina. Oh. I'll be on a beach somewhere. Thursday, South. You're in South sure. Carolina on Thursday. Well, you're a traveling man. Yeah. Yeah. You go. There you go. All right, Coach. So we'll, take, we'll look forward to it. Take care. Travel safe, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. All right. Appreciate. I think we lost coach there at the very last second, which is okay. Appreciate him jumping on with us. Uh, we are going to open up the call line. If you want to give us a call, go ahead. It's wide open. 515-635. That is the wrong banner. 515-635-1601. 515-635-1601. Drill MVP, if you're going to call, I love your calls, bud. I cannot sit here for 20 minutes and talk about brackets. Okay. We'll do a show. I Mr. Real MVP. We're going to do a live call-in show about the brackets. Okay. And speak of the devil, I think this is exactly who I just gave a shout out to. Is this the is this the the real MVP? Yes, it is, Corey. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. You got my disclaimer, sir. Right? I love you. You know, I love you. But you got my disclaimer. I did not hear anything you said after oh. <laughs> the phone lines are now open. You were you were quick. You were like waiting for Coach to hang up, and then you were on it. You had it on. We, are we on your speed dial? Yes. Okay. That's are we are we you ahead of Mark, Mark Rogers? Or on the speed dial? Am, am I ahead of Mark Rogers? Bell. Uh, I called Mark yesterday, so no. It goes <laughs> okay. mine goes by order. Okay, so here so was the disclaimer to... when you were calling in. The only disclaimer I, I was going to say is for anybody that wants to call in to talk Hawkeyes, I'm fine with that, and I'm I'm fine answering a question or two from you about the tournament. But I want to keep it largely Iowa because I want to tell you this. I'm going to do a bracket show live here in the coming week or two. So save, save your, your college basketball back and forth for that. But uh, I'm happy to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about as relates to Iowa. Okay. I'll, I'll talk about Iowa, the Iowa game tonight against Northwestern. Um, The first thing I would like to ask is in the first half, I mean, you didn't expel any criticism to coach close, which, May have been a first, to be honest with you, Corey. But in the first half, did it felt like Iowa was rushing when shooting the three ball? Because I, I got that feeling that they were trying to go too fast. 
and it causes them to miss some open shots. I think part of that could have been just the fact that it's it was Jordan's final game. You know, he took 11 threes. I mean, he took 11 yeah. threes. He was 4 of 11 from three. It's his final game in Carver. That may have been a factor. Um, you know, it might have been Keegan Murray's final game in Carver. We don't know that. Maybe perhaps he does. But I didn't think Iowa played all that great, to be completely honest. I thought Iowa played okay. I don't want to say lackluster. That might be a bit harsh. But I thought Iowa played okay in that first half. But listen... Northwestern was really bad tonight, and I am not trying to die. I hate. I listen. This is one of my biggest pet peeves they when I hear people. Oh, they never. They never started. They, 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 I mean, I, at halftime, Northwestern made some adjustments and they played better in that second half. But I hate it when I hear Iowa people, and specifically media members. And I'm not ripping anybody in the media. I respect the Iowa media, but I hate when I hear Iowa media members constantly discrediting Iowa for everything. I mean, I hear Iowa beats Nebraska by thirty and. A certain media member will say, oh, Nebraska's just terrible. Or, or you know, Penn, same thing with Penn State. Penn State's not a good team. You're terrible. I, I mean, I heard a media member the other day on the radio say that there are, quote, a lot of bad teams in the Big Ten. And I, and I just don't – I'm not going to rip this person. There's like I just don't, five. I don't agree There's with like that. like five bad teams. Well, bad, what's, what is bad? That's such a relative term. What is bad? Are we really, really going to – I would consider Maryland bad. I would consider Penn State bad. I would consider – uh, Northwestern bad, Nebraska bad, Minnesota plays bad at times, but I don't think they're bad. Okay, Indiana so, plays bad at times, so but I don't consider straight, them bad. You consider the team that just beat Ohio State by 15, Maryland, to be bad. That's a bad team. I can, I based on what I've seen this year, yes, that was a bad loss by Ohio State. Well, it was a bad loss. I'm I, not saying that. I, I'm not saying it's not a bad yeah, loss, but because say they're it's a bad a, team, Maryland is a bad team. They look right. like early on, like early February, that they gave up on the season. I mean, so it they, was really bad. You're right. They've had bad games. I mean, they got beat by Iowa. You know, they lost to Iowa by 23. But I'm just saying they beat Ohio State by 15. They nearly knocked off North uh, Purdue in West Lafayette. They lost by one in that game. Nearly beat. Michigan State lost by two. I just, you know, you have the right to your opinion to say they're bad. I just don't, I don't agree with that. Almost uh, beat Wisconsin as well. I, I would say this, Northwestern played terrible tonight. That That's a fact. But I'm just saying yeah. in general, I'm not going to say that the Big Ten, that there's a bunch of bad teams in the Big Ten. First of all, oh, no, no. every you, you name five teams. Conference. If you want to make the argument that there are five bad teams, I'm fine with that. Penn State, Maryland, Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska. Now, all of those teams have proven that they can knock you off, especially the top four. But everybody else, I think right now, is going to make the tournament. Now, maybe Michigan will play itself out. Maybe Indiana will. But I think everybody else is going to be in the tournament. So to say that there's a lot of bad teams in the Big Ten, I just don't agree with that. But you're, you're not the one who said it. I'm not trying to rip you. No, no, no. The, the, if, if that was an ACC media member, I would get that. Because they might get two teams in. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah. I would right. consider that a bad conference. I think it's, yeah, and, and we're acting, I just hear people act like like the Big Ten is, I mean, it's, it's. I think you can basically say matter-of-factly, you're an SEC fan, but you, you know, Darrell MVP, the SEC is not better than the Big Ten. It's not. No, uh, Big 12-1, Big Ten 2, SEC 3. You, I agree with you on that. Absolutely. You're 100% correct, and then and then I'd go, um, ACC and then Pac-12, uh, maybe you know Pac-12. ACC is really. I'd go Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I'd go Pac-12. The top teams are, I think are better than the top teams of the ACC. Like UCLA's good. Maybe even the Big East. Maybe even the, the Big East at fourth. No, the Big East is absolutely in the conference. Big East is better than both of those conferences. You're right. 
Look at us so, going off on a tangent, though. I apologize. Back to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So with the Iowa game today as well, you were talking about how they're a lock in the tournament. Does this, you think, it relieves, it relaxes players? Are you worried about that? Because I think the Michigan losses you were alluding to kind of lit a fire on them, and I don't want them to fall back into complacency. Well, I keep saying it, and yeah, I guess you can say it's a pessimistic fan in me, but they've got two. They've still got two games. There's time to derail. Like they could go into the NCAA tournament having lost three straight. I do. I think that's going to happen. No, I don't. But I also don't favor Iowa in either of the next two games. Now, maybe they'll go to Michigan and win. Maybe they'll go to Illinois and win. But right now, to me, Michigan would be the favorite at home. I could be wrong on that one. Illinois will most definitely be the favorite at home against the Hawks. Um, Iowa, you know, they'll be playing a team that's capable of beating them in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I'm just saying it's great that Iowa had a great February, but now we move to March. So March is more important than February. We, we've a lot of fans think that, that Iowa fades in February. That doesn't, that's not always the case. In fact, it's kind of a false narrative, but now we're hitting a March and this is where you want to see a team get hot And Iowa right now is hot. You just got to sustain it. And it's again, again, much better competition and taking it on the road starting Thursday. Oh yeah. Um, another thing I was going to ask you about is do you think the, the motivation of the double buy, ver- double buy versus the single buy. How important do you think that is for the Big Ten tournament? It should be. It should be absolutely. That should be what I was looking at right now. We can talk about seeding in the NCAA tournament. That's so subjective. Like, I mean, Jerry Palm, last I checked, has Iowa as at what a ten, and maybe a nine now. But you know, you got Lunardi who has them as a six. So, I mean, yeah, you you win. You obviously know if you win more and you have quality wins especially on the road that you're going to have a chance to improve your seating but my point is something tangible that Iowa can look at right now is the Big Ten Conference standings and you're right Ohio by just a half game right now one half game on Iowa Iowa has the two-team tiebreaker right they beat Ohio State so right. right now Ohio State doesn't have the toughest schedule to finish things off they get Nebraska at home they get Michigan State at home they get Michigan at home they could win all three of those, well, but they could also lose two of those. I could see them losing to Michigan State or, or Michigan. Michigan State is so up and down right now. If you're Iowa, you went out. I think they've got a good chance of, of getting a double buy. And if you had told me that a month ago that Iowa would be in a position to be top four in the Big Ten and earn a double buy, I'd have called you crazy. But they, they're in a position now to do it. And another thing I was going to ask you is, do you think maybe the upsets that happened on Saturday, do you think for this game – it helped the coach kind of set them down and say, hey, listen, all these teams that are really good, they all lost to inferior teams. So we can go out there and lose to Northwestern. And you think that can, contributed to how they just suffocated them for the start? I think they're just overmatched. I don't know that I'd go that far, sir. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think they're just overmatched. And I think it, it seemed to all of us that were watching there at the game, it seemed like Northwestern didn't believe they could win this game from the tip. I mean, it just didn't seem like they could. And, uh, I thought Nebraska played a lot more inspired. We didn't have the call line open Friday. Did you watch our show Friday from Lincoln? Yes. Okay. Yes, you and uh, you had the announcer. Yeah, I forget. Yeah, we had Jess Settles on. It was a great show. Uh, But no, that was a perfect example. Nebraska played inspired. And then Nebraska came back and destroyed Penn State. Nebraska's actually playing inspired right now. I'm concerned with Northwestern. But no, I thought Northwestern had checked it in before the game started. It seemed like now I give him credit. Chris Collins seemed to be able to get light a fire under him at halftime, but it's, there's just, there's no way you're going to come back from that deficit. I mean, Iowa led at one point in this game by 30. Um, so yeah. no, it, 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 the game was over in the first 
I thought it was over in the first five minutes. You could just tell Northwestern had nothing, had nothing going. Okay. And the final question I'll ask before I make a statement is Iowa, where do the odds they make the finals of the big 10? I know that's crazy, but if they get the double buy, uh, I mean, well, it's not, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount if you get a double buy, all you got to do is win two games, which is tough because right. you have two tough games, but here's the deal. Fran has never won more than one game in the Big Ten tournament all time. I believe he's like something like seven and 14 in the Big Ten tournament. That's not good. So I have to see it before I'll believe it. Um, certainly getting the double by helps. Right now, if the, the tournament were to, to be today, I believe, yeah, they're the five seed. So they would probably get what Minnesota or Northwestern in the first round, I think, or not in the first round. I think but it's in Minnesota, first... Indiana right now. Minnesota, Indiana. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's still a win either way. Well, it wouldn't be Indiana. Indiana's the, what, eight seed right now? Oh, Nine seed. Would. It would be, I think oh. it would be, I'd have to look at the bracket. I think it'd be Northwestern, Minnesota. But my point is, I would favor them in that game. And then they play Ohio State, who they beat on the road. So I think they've, you know, even if they stay at the five seed, they've got a, a decent draw if things stay on course, which they may not. Um they will you know, not. Mich- they will Mi- not. Yeah, Michigan State right now is right behind Iowa and Ohio State, and honestly, Rutgers isn't far behind. They're ten and eight. So uh, yeah, lot lot still to uh, to play out here. But I, I I can think I can speak for a lot of fans. I just want to see some success in that Big Ten tournament. I want the NCAA tournament. You want to get to a Sweet Sixteen, but it's been a long time since Iowa was successful in the Big Ten tournament. And I I love the tournament. I love the Big Ten tournament. I was pretty. I don't want to say devastated. That's a hyperbolic, but. I was upset two years ago when it got canceled. So I, I would love to see Iowa have some success, get to the championship game this year. That would, that would be great. Well, Corey, I don't, for, the final thing I will say is congrats on hitting 1000 subscribers. You deserve it, man. Well, I appreciate that and appreciate everybody yeah. that uh, helped make that happen, including yourself. Well, I appreciate it. I don't, obviously I told somebody in the chat, I don't think it's a coincidence that you hit a thousand subscribers as soon as I stopped talking. <laughs> Hey, we hit a thousand subscribers before March, and that was my goal to hit a thousand in March. So we did it before March. So thank you to everybody. And I give credit to Gary yeah. Clay. Again, I say it all the time. It wasn't for Gary Close, it wasn't for Jess and Les and and you know, everybody we've had on the show, Frank Anderson. I mean, all, everybody we've had. I I uh I appreciate that. So uh, thank you to everybody. Yeah. And if you all want to congratulate them, I'm sure Corey will appreciate it if you hit the like button of this video. Absolutely. Please hit the like button. It, it, uh, it does still help, even though we're over a thousand. Well, Corey, that's all I got for you. Good luck against Michigan. I hope you beat them by 50. And uh, yeah, celebrate, man. Celebrate the good times. All right, man. Appreciate the call as always. Go Hawks. All right. Appreciate that from Darrell MVP. And I want to answer this question. Our line is open, by the way, 515-635-1601. If you want to give us a call. Let me address this question. I didn't mean to skip this question, Ryan, and I apologize for not getting the question to Gary. It's a little bit tough when he's at the games. Um, tough for me when I was at the game, but it's tougher for Gary because he just, you know, I just don't want to take a lot of his time when he's having to call in. But I'll try my best to answer your question here, Ryan, if I can find it. Ryan says, Gary Close was on the staff when we made the Sweet 16 in 1999, which was the last time Iowa made 
the second weekend. Can we do it this year with a better defense and a legit superstar? In my opinion, I know you're probably looking for Gary's opinion, Ryan. In my opinion, this team can absolutely make the Sweet 16. I think the biggest key right now, besides just defense in general, the biggest key is do they have a consistent trio of three-point shooters? Um, and, and it doesn't have to be the same three every night, but do you consistently have three guys? Is Jordan going to be consistent at that time? Is it going to be Chris Murray as the second? Sanford, or maybe it'll be Patrick when he's back, or will it be Connor? The good news is they've got guys who are shooting the ball better, including Connor and Patrick. That only helps in March, but they've got to be able to shoot the three effectively um, and certainly defend. That's going to be the biggest thing every year. I mean, look back at the Oregon game, didn't defend. They got ran off the court. They can beat a two seed if all these guys are clicking. Um, the offense right now is is looking good. Keegan is playing at a different level. I don't see him slowing down once we hit tournament time. So uh, in my opinion, they can they do it? That's your question. Can we do it? Yes. The answer is yes. Will they do it? That's uh, certainly, you know, it's it's matchup based. Iowa certainly, it'll be interesting to see where they where they get put as far as region. Will they get Milwaukee, which is, you know, fairly close and Iowa fans will no doubt travel or will it be Buffalo, New York? I mean, that's another first round location. All those things play into this and certainly who you play in that second round and seating uh, is just as important, if not more. Appreciate you calling from the Hawkeye of the storm. Who's on the line? Hawkeye Howard. Hawkeye Howard. How are I? Man, it's been a while since I heard your voice, sir. How you doing? Yeah, I, I'm all right. I've been down in Texas for a couple of weeks. Where you at in Texas? Up down there. I was helping down there, and they had a little ice storm, and so uh, the company I worked for had me go down there and help them get caught back up. Awesome. So, what, what part of Texas, if you don't mind me so, ask, asking? Uh, Fort Worth. Uh, I was uh, had runs out of Fort Worth and Arkansas, Louisiana. Was down in Houston, so. And but I watched you. I, I watched your replays, and and I've been kind of out of it and watched and kind of listened to everything in the past tense. So. Um, but I got the game tonight. I have tonight off, and and uh, I thought we had a really good defense. I mean, defense was going good. What I heard, you know, on the radio, because I've been working on the kitchen because um, doing remodeling. So um, I had the radio on and, and listened to the game, and I enjoyed, you know, hearing, you know, uh, you know, the defense that were, you know, I mean, look at the steals. How many steals did we have? How many steals? Let me let me grab that stat. Steals, That's it. Let me, I'm in turn. And they did, right? Yeah, so let me grab the numbers here, the steal numbers. So 15 turnovers for Northwestern. Actually, 11 for Iowa. That's surprising. I, I didn't think it was that high. Uh, some of those, I think, came late. But yeah, uh, 15 turnovers for Northwestern, 11 for Iowa, 10 steals for the Hawkeyes. Yeah. Well, so that's that's pretty good. I mean... I thought the defense did pretty good. The rebounding, the rebounding was. Uh, they seen the, uh, the you know the people calling the game said the rebounding the rebounding was better. So I thought it was a really really good game. I think they're getting ready. I think they're going good, as we all called it in the past. A March Madness is coming, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's a. Great time of year. Let's uh, let's hope there's plenty more hoops to. to I mean, enjoy, listen, I, I am not predicting an early uh, exit for Iowa in the tournament, but they are in the tournament. Jordan brings up this. Uh, I guess ESPN Plus had Iowa moved as a as a lock. That's I think perfectly accurate. There's no question they're in right now. But let's just hope mm -hmm. we can get a couple good games on the road because boy, you win two games on the road to finish the season, or at least one of these. Even if you can win one of mm -hmm. them, 
Um, I think it. So be, what games we have coming up? Michigan game, I know for one. Yeah, Michigan. You got Illinois Sunday, and and you know it's it's a quick turnaround to go from at Michigan Thursday to to at Illinois Sunday. So they get an opportunity to build some serious confidence these now, next two weeks. Uh, how, how do we 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 uh, lost to Michigan last time, but we played them really tough though. Yeah, that was a game that Iowa absolutely should have uh, won. Let me pull up the score. 84-79 was the final. And, of course, that yeah, was I'm, that was really the start. I think we're going to win that one. That was the start of, of the streak they're currently on. They've won, of course, uh, four straight since then. Um, but Iowa, remember, Iowa had won three straight before that. So they've won seven of eight now. The Hawks have won seven of eight games. That's trending yeah. in the right direction at the right time. Yes, that very much is trending in the right direction. You got the momentum. Now they just got to keep going one game at a time. Yep, I agree, sir. Now, look at now. I got watched this other video of the Nebraska game. Look at you rubbing elbows with Jack. <laughs> you like you. that? You like that? Yes. I, he was, I mean, when I watched him play, I watched him play. That shows my age. Yeah. You know, and he was, he was a star to us. You know, so I, oh, I he's, was like, wow. That was <laughs> you a, know? Yeah, it was a privilege to be able to uh, do that show with Jess. And, and he took the time and was gracious enough to do the show. And I give Gary close. Gary's the one who arranged that um, that appearance from Jess. But but Jess didn't have to do it there from the arena. And he volunteered to do it. from. He's he's a great guy and a great, great voice. He does a tremendous job on the air. I would love it if oh, Jess yeah. ends, up, ends up being the next... Uh, radio guy and i think bobby hansen's got some years left in him no question about it but it'd be great to have jess on the radio uh-huh. after that yeah i i i was i saw i saw that the other day and i was like wow look at Corey." <laughs> so it was fun. i just wanted to call and say you're doing a great job and i want to remind everybody we got a lot of people here in chat smash that like button thank you sir yes smash right. it do it do it so, violently Smash the like button. Yes, yeah, smash it. Everybody, <laughs> just do it. All right, so I will, won't keep you very long, but I appreciate you taking my call. Go Hawks. Thanks, Hawkeye Howard. Go Hawks. Appreciate the call. And um, yeah, and I do, again, I apologize to those that, that I didn't get to questions to, for, for Coach Close. Um, certainly save those questions because we'll, we'll have them on. I think we'll have them on. He, he threw the curveball. I didn't know he was going to be in South Carolina. How about that? Jordan Samuelson, Jack Devlin is the manager's name. Boy, what a great moment for that young man who I'm sure um, there were some tears from his parents and from his teammates. That was a tremendous moment to see him hit that half-court shot. Second attempt. Now, ESPN does have it. If you weren't at the game, ESPN has footage. So go on the ESPN app, look up the highlight of Jack Devlin hitting the – I think they have the the highlight. Let me pull that up here. Um, what an unbelievable moment to see him uh, be mobbed by – by Fran McCaffrey, and to see the emotion on Coach Coach McCaffrey was just a great moment. Okay, um, call line is open. I want to get to a question here before we uh, take our next call. Um, Vincent, again, apologize that we didn't get to this with Coach Close. He says, "As Iowa is solidly in the NCAA tournament, why do we? Why do you feel? What do you feel? Excuse me." may be the weakness to address heading in. Does it concern you that we still struggle against teams with solid good centers? Vincent, it doesn't, me. Because, and I, I know the real Hayden, um, you brought the same thing up. Do should we str- Are we going to struggle against a team with a, a true big? I just don't think there are many that many teams out there that have real dynamic big men. Uh, if Iowa gets, first of all, they're not going to play Purdue in the second round. 
they will not play Michigan in the second round. They can't. They will not. Because the tournament committee will not seed you to, to match up with someone who you've played twice in the second round. They, that's not going to happen. So those are two of the, be- the teams with the best centers. In Illinois, they won't play in the second round. So I'm not concerned about... There are, I'm, sh- I'm not saying there aren't other big men out there that are good or quality big men. But I think some of the best big men are in this conference. Iowa has found a way to defend... I, mean, I thought Iowa did okay against Zach Eadie. Zach Eadie dealt with some foul trouble when he played Iowa both times, if I recall. Um, they did okay with... Uh, uh, Teske or Teske, man, I'm living in the past. Um, Hunter Dickinson, but uh, we'll see. This is going to be two. I mean, you got two two games here, Vincent. This is going to be the answer right here this week. You play Michigan first with with Hunter Dickinson, and you play uh, Kofi Coburn with at Illinois on Sunday. So this is a, a big week to answer your question. I just don't think. I think there's a good chance Iowa could get a seed, get a spot in the tournament where they're not really facing anybody like they've seen in the big 10 as far as far as it relates to size and to answer this other question um let me find this other question before we get to our caller here um and now i lost it well let's get to our caller and then we'll, we'll get back to the chat thank you for calling from the hawkeye of the storm who's on the line hey Corey, this is vincent i think you kind of <laughs> you hey. kind of answered my question on both of the or on both facets um but i, I agree with you you're right um, I think with Illinois coming up and uh, Michigan, it's going to kind of give us a better um, view on how we're going to do against uh, true bigs. And the reason I say that, Corey, is because when we've played Colburn, when we've played Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, to me it seems like we really struggle with a really solid five because um, we do a lot of collapsing down double teams and we're leaving the perimeter and the three-point shot open. So that's my only concern heading into not the Big Ten tournament because we know that those players are there in Coburn and Edie and um, Hunter Dickinson. But going into the NCAA tournament, if we get some favorable matchups, I think it's going to bode well for us to move past the second round. But that's that's my concern. And I anyway, I agree with you. I think it's going to really show us over the next couple games um, if it's if it's our a glaring weakness for us. I'll give you a perfect example. Baylor is a perfect example. Now, I do, do I want Iowa to play Baylor? I don't. But Baylor doesn't have a dominant center. So, I mean, I'm not saying I want them to play him in the second round, but, but Vincent, there's a lot of teams out there. A lot of these teams are playing small ball. They're playing like Iowa's playing. So, I, I just I just don't fear it. Now, maybe they'll get matched up with someone with a tremendous big man. I remember last year, the first round of the tournament, they played Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon had a, a seven-footer who Iowa did. But, of course, Iowa had Luca Garza. I, I just, I'm not going to worry about that. Again, we'll see. We'll, we'll get a good indication of of uh, defensive strategy this week with Coburn and, and Hunter Dickinson. But it's just, that's the new way to play, is is to play a guy at center who's six foot eight, six foot nine, And I think Iowa will do just fine. I think Rebracha is playing a lot better than he did earlier in the year. He's not playing as well defensively as he was maybe in in January, but specifically defense just defensively against big men. Um, and he hasn't played anybody huge these last few weeks, but he's been doing just fine down low, and he's rebounding the ball well too. Yeah, he's he's done a pretty pretty good job. Um, I do like the small ball as well. Um, I think it just gives a, a better element to the transition game. But I just have to say that to me, from a, a viewer and a fan's perspective, it makes me nervous just given our record versus solid bigs uh, on how we'll do come tournament time if we get matched up against, you know, a, another solid big or a team with a solid big. Um, 
My last question, I'll let you go, Corey. I know you saw the the incident um, between Wisconsin and Michigan and Jamon Howard and uh, oh, what is Wisconsin's coach's name? Greg Gard. I'm sure you saw. You still there? Yeah, I'm sorry, Greg Gard. Did, did you did you see the scuffle part at the end, or did you just kind of watch the coaches' interaction? You're talking about Michigan, Wisconsin. Yes. No, I watched the whole thing. I watched it back, and I watched it back a bunch of times because I wanted to actually see what happened, and I wanted to actually look at the Big Ten with a microscope because the Big Ten to me has been terrible at handling situations, decision making, and they continue to be terrible, in my opinion. Uh, Coach Close was not very. Uh, critical of it on the air and and i'm not doubting that that actually feels i was much more critical i thought it was ridiculous that you have guys who are throwing haymakers get one game i mean what what example does that set for a young man to be out literally i mean these guys you could argue now you may laugh at this but you can argue those guys should be in jail for assault or should be it should have been charged with assault and they're playing less than a week later i just didn't agree with that and i also didn't agree with greg guard not getting at least a game um, if that, if Greg guard hadn't, I'm not saying he was the reason why Howard threw the punch, but if Greg guard had just let Howard go, none of that would have happened. So he's got to be somewhat accountable. I don't care about a fine. He needs to be held accountable. And I just didn't agree with it. You know, I'll give you a quick opinion on this. I think it was absolute. Um, I, I could use a different word, but I'm not going to Juwan Howard's reaction. You know, I get, he doesn't like Greg guard kind of grabbed him by the elbow to, explain whatever but juan howard's reaction is just that's like street stuff i i don't think there's any place for that in college athletics whatsoever uh, or in college basketball um and then to actually throw an open-handed smack at krabenhoft um and for what reason anyway just to kind of piggyback on what you're saying the players that threw punches or threw any kind of fist should have been gone for the rest of the season i agree with you there um, Howard's suspension. I honestly think he should have been gone because he already had an episode last year. I think it was either against Maryland or at yep. Maryland with Mark Turgeon. Um, so this is his second uh, incident in two years. And if you don't come down, uh, you know, swiftly and harshly, who's to say Juwan Howard's not going to have another episode again next season? Well, this if- isn't the NBA where you act yeah. like clowns and then expect to get a fine and a suspension and come right back. This is the NCAA. Sorry, go if, ahead, Corey. If he, if he acts out again, I mean, if this, I don't think it will happen, but if this were to ever happen again, he's gone. I would, I would, I may have benefited of the death willing to, to do, I mean, you can't, you can't let this, the guy get away with it. I mean, I, to me, he hadn't even been there that long. What's he been there? Like three years. Yeah. 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 So no, I, I agree it's, with it's, you. I thought it was a light suspension for guard. I thought it was a light suspension, very light suspension for the players. Um, I think back to the malice of the palace in Detroit. Um, and I understand different circumstances. Those guys are pros. There were fans involved. There were more injuries involved. I get it. But those guys like yeah. Ron Artest was suspended for an entire season. I, I just, yeah. And these kids, these kids should be too. You know, you, if you, if you don't come down, and set an example for the players that are uh, playing presently and the ones that are going to be playing in the future. If they just see a slap on the wrist, what do you think they're going to do if a circumstance like this arises again? I agree. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in agreement. Uh, before I, before I let you go, if you have another question, Vincent, I want to thank Chase here. 
um, for the super chat. Congrats on 1,000 subscribers. Thank you, Chase. Thank you for the donation. And yes, donation, you are open to make a donation either either in the description, preferably in the description. If you go down to a link in the description of this video that says donate, um, it's a, a lesser fee. YouTube takes a fee for super chats and super stickers, but for anybody who is uh, willing and, and uh, has that uh, in their heart to give, we certainly appreciate that, even if it's a super sticker or super chat. So you should see the little button below the video. So thank you, Chase, for that. All right. Sorry about that, Vincent. No, no, you're good. Um, last thing I was just going to say is I, I watched that thing in its entirety. I think it might you might find it kind of funny and it might you might watch it again just to see it yourself. But in all that melee with all the punches being thrown, with the whole scuffle, you know who the one player was who was standing about 20 feet away from the whole thing? Can you imagine who that might be? D Brad Davison. Brad Davidson, the one guy who was the dirtiest on the court, didn't want nothing to do with anything real deal on the court. I just thought it was kind of funny. You saw him backing away, making sure he had nothing to do with it. Um, thanks for the call, Corey. Uh, uh, the one thing I did want to say that I think you're right on, when you have players that uh, exhibit that kind of behavior on the court, and I saw law enforcement officials on the court um, right there trying to hold people back, to me, somebody should have been, and I know it's, it's hard to do on national TV, but having criminal charges, theft uh, um, of those guys really has to be something that's seriously looked at. Um, and I'll just leave it with that. And thank you for the call, Corey. Appreciate it, Vincent. Thank you for the call. And uh, I respect your opinion. If you feel that way, I don't know why players are exempt. Coaches are exempt from from criminal charges if you commit a criminal act. But uh, that this doesn't happen. I don't even know. Did it happen with the malice at the palace? Maybe somebody can tell me. I, I don't think it did. Um, Jordan brings up a good point. So you have the big man at Kentucky and maybe that's what. So Darrell MVP, you can tell us about. Is it uh, Shibwe? Uh, but yeah, not a lot of uh, true centers out there. And Walker Kessler. Right. Is, where is he at now? Is he at Auburn? Um, he's out there as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. It's possible that you're going to get a guy with a, a big man, certainly Kentucky. Maybe Iowa gets Kentucky in the second round. Maybe Kentucky ends up being a two seed and Iowa draws him. Probably wouldn't be great. I would not. I don't want to play Kentucky in the, in the second round. That would not be a team I'd choose. I, I also wouldn't want to choose Kansas in the second round. There's some good two seeds out there. Uh, if Iowa can get on that, uh, that six line, boy, that'd be big. Because then you get a three seed in the second round. No question about it. That would be big. But they got to win out. They got to win out to really feel good about their chances, in my opinion, to get a six seed. I know Lunardi's got him as a six seed now. I think if you lose, I, I think, first of all, he's on the high end of the spectrum. There's a lot of bracketologists, if you will, that, that don't believe that Iowa's a six seed right now. I don't necessarily think they are, but I'm not an expert at, at, by any means predicting brackets. Um, but certainly, uh, there are, uh, I can tell you this, there are a number of guys. Uh, or excuse me, a small number of, of teams that have big, uh, really effective big men. Hyperlocal. Good to see you here, sir. Best February since 81. It's great to great to be winning in February heading into March. Um, Jordan, hot take. The Mountain West may be better than the ACC Pac-12 if you take away Duke and Arizona. I'm not totally sold on the Mountain West. If you watch my top 25, that actually makes sense on this channel. Not totally sold on the Mountain West yet. I want to see what they do in the tournament. I know we shouldn't base everything on the tournament. Colorado State, Wyoming, Boise State, they've beaten up on each other. I think Colorado State has lost twice to an average UNLV team. But again, uh, the Mountain West is a lot better than a lot of conferences out there. Uh, the Real Hayden, what needs to happen for a double buy in the Big Ten tournament? Again, Iowa right now is one spot out of the, of the uh, double buy. 
one spot out of the fourth spot or fourth uh, place in the Big Ten. So uh, if Iowa wins out and Ohio State loses one, okay, assuming we don't get in a three tie, a three way tie scenario, which could happen because Michigan State is also involved. Assuming that doesn't happen, Iowa would have the tiebreaker over Ohio State and would get in. So Iowa just needs to get in that top four. And right now they're fifth, just a half game back of Ohio State. Ohio State has three games left. Iowa has two games left. One of Ohio State's games, though, is that uh, against uh, Nebraska at home, all three of their games are in Columbus. So that is a disadvantage if you're looking at Iowa because Iowa has to go on the road for their final two games. Um, Okay. See if I'm missing anybody. Our, our line is open here for a, a couple more moments, a couple more minutes here before we say goodnight. Um, the real Hayden, talk about Kate and Clark and the women's team for a minute. Wow, what, what what a performance! She is absolutely unreal. I mean, I watched her yesterday. For the record, I know we don't talk about women's hoops a lot. I'm going to do my best to be doing shows after. I can't guarantee all of the post game sh- uh, postseason games for the women, but Caitlin Clark is so darn fun to watch. I, I don't even know how it's a question still that she's national player of the year. I know that there's Naz Hillman and the girl from South Carolina. Caitlin Clark is changing the game, and that's not an exaggeration. She is changing the women's game, very similar to how Steph Curry changed the men's game. And I, again, don't think that's an exaggeration. She is incredible. Team is just okay. I really think the team around her is okay. Monica Sinano is solid. Gabby Marshall solid. I mean, you can go down the list. They've dealt with injuries, um, and she has found, I'm talking about Caitlin Clark, she has found a way to lead that team to being co-champs of the Big Ten. Absolutely incredible. Um, Lemansky, Hawkeye women are awesome. Absolutely are. Uh, what, a, what a fun team to watch, and what a great job by Lisa Bluter. Pat says double buy is not essential. Playing a weak team and getting confidence, getting acclimated to the venue are all valuable. That's a, a valid... That is a valid claim. I don't know that I agree with it completely, Pat, but I respect your opinion on it. I, I, I understand it. Hopefully, I was just, if you win these last two games, even if you, you don't get a double buy, if you win these last two games and you don't get the double buy, I would have to think that I was still riding high from a confidence standpoint. But I understand what you're, what you're getting at there, Pat. And uh, certainly, I would give Iowa a chance against anybody in the Big Ten right now because they're hotter than anybody in the Big Ten. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? This is Jim. Hey, Jim. I just wanted to give you an update uh, on Northwestern. Or Chris Collins in his post-conference said that they had a flu bout this week. And uh, and even Fran talked about boo-boo. He only played six minutes, so he's sick. So yeah. I'm sure that hurt your energy level. That, that does but not su- was- Yeah, that does not surprise me. <laughs> and they played like they were – they honestly, they played like they were tired. I mean, they just didn't have any energy from the get-go. Yeah, so, so that's sort of... Uh... Northwestern. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, Northwestern has been pretty competitive most of the year. So. Yes, they have. But, uh, I had yeah. one comment on that incident in Wisconsin. Um, why, Howard, why didn't he just not even get in the line if he was going to do that blow-by? That's a good question. I don't, I don't have an answer. Um, I think yeah. he wanted, first of all, I think he wanted to say something to guard. Cause remember he said to Greg guard, I'll remember that. I think he wanted to say something, you know, I mean, Oh, cause he was just, he didn't, he wasn't even going to look him in the eye when he walked by and then, then that guard, uh, you know, poked him in the arm there, but well, no, but remember he did, but before Greg poked him in the, the arm, Juwan Howard looked at guard and said, I'll remember that. 
He did. He did uh, say that. He admitted to saying that before any physical content was uh, contact was initiated. He did make that statement to Greg Gard. I think that's why he was in the 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 handshake line. And I understand that the people uh, who, including Fran McCaffrey, who say we shouldn't have the handshake line. I, I go back and forth on it, but uh, you're right. If if he if he had maybe he didn't have an intent. I, I mean, I think I think he's got an issue with his temper right now. There's no question about that. People get after Fran McCaffrey for his temper. I've never seen Fran get physical with anybody, and and it appears that Jordan right. Howard has a bit of an anger issue, and it needs to be resolved. Fran's gotten on a chair and maybe a clipboard, but. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Break a chair, break a clipboard. I've seen him kick water. I've seen him slam the scorer's table. I've seen him throw his suit. Fine. I li- Listen, you may say he's got anger issues and he knows he needs to go to counseling. First of all, I think he's toned it down in recent years. I've had people comment that to me as well. But I don't have a problem with passion. But just, yeah, you can't get physical with people. Yeah. And I don't think Fran ever does. I, I think he knows the line. And I don't think Juwan Howard currently does know the line that he's crossing. My issue with Howard was um, if he, he gets upset about the timeout, the reason he called the timeout is because he was pressing their guys and the game's over with. The competitive part of the game's over with. Why is he in their grill? Just let him enter it and you back off. The game's over and you shake hands. Yeah, I think it's kind of the pot calling the kettle black because Juwan right. Howard is upset because Greg Gard called a timeout, but he called a timeout because your team's still playing, so why shouldn't their team still play? I, I see it both ways. Yeah. Um, I also see it the other way, though, because if you're a Wisconsin fan, you say, look, or excuse me, if you're a Michigan fan, you say, you know, um, the, the timeout was not necessary. Just take the shot clock violation. You're up by like 15. Right. So I see exactly. it both ways. Uh, yeah, B- both um, coaches were guilty of just being petty, I thought. Oh, absolutely. No, Greg Gard should have gotten suspended at least a game. That's my opinion. Greg Gard should have been suspended at least. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big Greg Gard fan. Um, I, I just, I don't know Greg, but I, I just not a big Greg Gard fan. Yeah. I've never been a big Joe with Juwan Howard fan. Juwan Howard complains the officials more than almost any other big 10 official, a uh, big 10 coach other than Tom Izzo and Mark Turgeon, who now is no longer a coach in the big 10, but he's constantly right. complaining to the officials, ripping people. Um, and I don't think he's personally, I don't think he's great for the conference. I know he's a legend in this conference is, you know, part of a, obviously a legendary team in Michigan, but uh, to me, he, yeah, he's, he's got some issues and, and he needs to get him resolved. He's going to have some time now. If yeah. he costs his team, the tournament as a result of his meltdown, then you have, even if he doesn't, even if they still make the tournament to me, there needs to be a no tolerance policy from now on out from, from here on out with Juwan Howard. And I may even, if it's, if you want to call it a personnel issue, that's fine. But I would make sure that Juwan Howard goes through counseling, does whatever he needs to do behind the scenes because you want him here. He's done a good job as, as the head coach, but you cannot have him setting this example for his players. And when those players, you knew as soon as Juwan Howard swung at that Wisconsin assistant, you knew he had lost his team. Those players were going to those players were gonna go to go to bat for their head coach, and that's, that's on Juwan yeah. Howard. The players are responsible. Those are adults. We call them kids. They're adults. They're legally adults. So those guys have to be held accountable. That's why I think they should have been suspended more than a game. But ultimately, Juwan Howard sets a standard, and right now he's not setting a very good example. Right. I see that Davidson kept up his reputation with that elbow to Hunter Dickinson when he's trying to set that pick. He's a he's a dirty, filthy player. He's a dirty, filthy player who shouldn't be allowed in the league. He shouldn't be allowed in the league. He he's right. it's an absolute disgrace to the league that that Brad Davison has been allowed to, to pull the garbage that he has pulled. Week after week after week after week, he does it constantly. 
Um, and then you have the the statement from Wisconsin. And for the record, I'm I'm not trying to defend Juwan Howard's actions, but I also think it's ridiculous that Chris McIntosh, who's a fresh AD in the Big Ten at Wisconsin, he comes forward and basically says that, well, we were just trying to, you know, Greg was just trying to de-escalate the situation. You're trying to de-escalate, you know, there's this there's this term fight or flight. And if you understand what that means, you either are fighting or you're you're going away. <laughs> and I don't think pushing yeah. a guy if you, whether you say, well, you're trying to explain yourself, that's fine. De-escalating is not what Greg Gard did. And the fact that Chris McIntosh didn't put any onus on Greg at all, I mean, completely deflected any level of responsibility to, to anybody. He didn't even didn't acknowledge the kid for Wisconsin that got suspended for a game for throwing a punch or punches. Yeah. He just, everything was looking the other way. And to me, it's a terrible example. And But it doesn't surprise me. I tweeted that out after the game. It doesn't surprise me that Chris McIntosh would take that stance because they've repeatedly taken that stance, whether it be Barry Alvarez or now with Chris McIntosh. They've repeatedly taken that stance with Brad Davison doing nothing. And the Big Ten has done nothing, really. I know he's gotten suspended, I think, once, right? Maybe twice. But the fact of the matter is, Brad Davison has done dirty and dangerous things in this conference for the past five years. And I think it's a disgrace. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a shame to see that stuff like that. Yeah, that Wisconsin AD in that press conference, he was almost in tears. He was so upset about that. I know. That's fine. I mean, you can be upset. Yeah, I I understand him being upset, but then... Listen, I, I just think it's I think everybody needs to people need to realize, especially the adults in the situation, they need to realize you got to take right. some responsibility. And then to hear him say, well, we've got a coach injured. We've got a coach injured in the face. That's what he said. An injured in the face. Uh-huh. I don't buy it. I, I just, yeah. you know, doesn't make it OK what John Howard did. But I saw no no uh, accountability from Wisconsin's adults at all. Yeah, that coach for Wisconsin uh, actually played here in Sioux Falls. So. Yeah, yeah, he's got Iowa roots. Absolutely. Well, South yeah. Dakota. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go and uh, enjoy your program. All right, sir. Appreciate the call. Have a nice night. You too. Appreciate the call there. And uh, I want to address this. People are going to get upset about this. Drill MVP says Iowa has no chance, no shot against Gonzaga or Kentucky. Look, and I, I haven't. Well, I really haven't watched Kentucky very much. I saw Gonzaga get beat pretty soundly to, against St. Mary's the other night. I'm not saying that they would beat them, but uh, to say no shot, I don't like the the ultimatums. The real MVP. I just, but you have a right to your opinion, and I respect that. Um, Eric says I'm going to go out on a limb and say this team is better than last year's team. You can make that argument. We'll see what they do in the tournament because I think they might be more equipped to perform well in the tournament this year than they were last year. As crazy as that sounds, because they have the athleticism to match up, I think, with more teams. The Real Hayden brings up uh, Mobley. Yes, the Mobley brother that's still at uh, USC. Absolutely, he could be a, a concern. If Clark doesn't win, yeah, I, I agree with you all, Thumbs. It's ridiculous. If, if Clark does not win National Player of the Year, um, absolutely. You want to do a bracket stream with me, I see, Dural MVP. You want to do a bracket stream. Does this mean you're going to be on camera for this, Dural MVP? Should we do that? Does, do people want to see Dural MVP on camera? We can talk about that later. Sharon, Connor shooting better. Anyone notice now his shot has more arch on it? Not so flat. Go, Connor. That's a good observation. And he had at least a three or a two today that were kind of darts, lasers, and, of course, they were misses. That's a good observation. Though. I'd love to ask Coach Close that question because we talked about him Earlier in the year, we talked about Connor's struggles from three. I'd love to get uh, Gary's uh, 
input on that. Hopefully we're talking about another really good performance on Thursday from Connor McCaffrey. That'd be tremendous. Kurt, Scott Van Pelt on ESPN is about to show the half-court shot made by the Iowa manager. That is awesome. And I'm sure that's going to be on Scott Van Pelt's best thing he saw tonight. That is tremendous. I'm not sure this. I haven't seen this yet. All thumbs referring to Kentucky walking out the floor with more uh, time on the clock. I'll have to look that up later. BJ, good to see you here as well. I think Michigan will be better coached without him the next game versus us. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think it's a disadvantage until I until I'm proven otherwise. But uh, certainly, again, leadership is is lacking in Ann Arbor right now in the basketball uh, in the basketball room or, or coaching staff, if you will. Thank you for calling from the Hawkeye of the Storm. Who's on the line? Hey, this is Anthony. Hey, Anthony. Uh, just want to comment. Uh, really love your show. Um, I'm a fan that goes to a lot of games. And when I get out of the game, it's like I want a little bit more. So it's it's been so much fun listening to you and Coach Close all well, year you. long. So it's thank been, you very thank much. Thank you for that. No, absolutely. Um, it's, it, man, it's been such a fun season. I feel like, you know, there's been these games where, you know, all our bench players really – popped off and gained like a lot of confidence like uh tony last game i feel like he was really due for one um and i don't know just your comments on that like uh the team really developing are you still with me caller yeah oh i'm sorry you cut out there for a second um no i absolutely agree it was great to see tony erupt you saw him um really uh, I mean, just his confidence level has got to be a lot higher now. I know he didn't play great tonight. Um, I know he had a couple steals. I'm trying to find his his final numbers. He was good tonight, but again, he's not going to get you 20 every night, but you're always going to get energy and defense from Tony Perkins. And it is encouraging to see Tony and Connor prove they can actually shoot, prove they can actually score, because you're right. But to have those those multiple weapons in the tournament, you, you, you know, at some point you're going to have to, get somebody who's consistent enough to be able to give you 10 to 15 on any given night other than Keegan and, and Patrick McCaffrey. And and we've seen it from everybody. We've seen it from Chris this year. We've seen it from Jordan Bohannon from Tony Perkins. Now Connor, we even saw it from Rebracha during January. So I I'm with you. I think the ceiling for this team might be higher. You could make the argument. The last team, the ceiling was higher because of all the shooters defensively though, they were what they were. That wasn't going to change. This team has the athleticism to play better man to man defense and certainly get up and transition a bit more. That That is an advantage. Um, and I think you can make the argument Keegan Murray is a more complete player than, than Luca Garza. Maybe that's crazy. Maybe that's uh, heresy. I don't know. But I think that's certainly an argument you can make. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. They're coming on at the right time in a lot of different aspects. Yeah, I mean, the la- it seems like the last maybe month, maybe February, the game's slowed down so much for Keegan. You can just tell... Um, when there's one man on him, you know, he can just take it to the rack and you, you don't really even see that, uh, out of an Ivy all the time. Um, maybe they're my other favorite, uh, player in the big 10. So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to call in and, uh, say thank you. And I'm going to keep, uh, keep, uh, listening to the podcast. Thank you, sir. Appreciate your listening. Appreciate you calling. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with our caller and, and, um, It'll be interesting to see, can Iowa continue to defensively do what they did against Ohio State, against Michigan State? Because I'm not reading into anything tonight. That's a Northwestern team that was obviously depleted. Um, They lacked energy for whatever reason, whether it was the flu. We had a caller bring that up earlier. I guess Chris Collins made a comment after the game about that. 
whether it was that or something else, the fact of the matter is Iowa did not play a, a, a Northwestern team that was real ready to go today. Iowa's going to have its handful. So you're going to get a – we're going to know a lot more of these next two games because Iowa struggled mightily to defend Michigan last time out. And they they traditionally struggle mightily against Illinois defensively. We're going to have a we're going to have a great indication of where this team is Thursday night and Sunday night. Absolutely. All right, folks. Uh, final couple comments here. Gator Raider, good to have you here, sir. I'm assuming a sir. Iowa sports have been doing so good lately. Football, wrestling, men's and women's basketball all look amazing. In that, the truth. Um, wrestling still's got a chance to bring home a team title. Vincent. Fran loses an All-American, two NBA draft picks, Nunji to Xavier, and a Kentucky collusion case with C.J. Frederick. And Fran has Iowa ranked and sitting at 21 and 8. Such a, such a, uh, I appreciate this dose of reality from Vincent because I believe that Fran McCaffrey right now is the coach of the year in the Big Ten. If you'd asked me a month ago who the Big Ten player of the year was, I probably would have said either Johnny Davis or, or Jaden Ivey. Now, I think, I think it's probably either Johnny Davis or Keegan Murray. I mean, I, I I definitely wouldn't have said that a, a month ago, but uh, Keegan Murray has he has been so efficient and so consistent. Um, and we keep saying it week after week, game after game. It's been impressive what he's been doing. So, no, no question about it. This is a a good win for the Hawks. That you know you're going to have to to uh, amp, you know again ramp it up because you have a fairly quick turnaround to go on the road Thursday and then of course on the road Sunday and you get to the Big Ten tournament. Hopefully, they can get a double bye. Get a double bye, then they won't play till Friday of the Big Ten tournament week. If not, you'll play Thursday, and you'll still have what four days off. But uh, it's time to be in in prime physical condition because the competition uh, ramps up fast, ramps up hard, and Iowa is going to be tested. But overall, again, recap: Iowa defeating Northwestern, eighty-two to sixty-seven. Keegan Murray, twenty-six points, eighteen rebounds. What a game for Iowa's All-American, and he is. Uh, most likely going to be a lottery pick, a first, most definitely going to be a first round draft pick. If he leaves this year, I think he's got a good chance of being a lottery pick. Um, it's just a tremendous. I, I was again disappointed. I, I mentioned it earlier. I was disappointed not to see a packed house. That was the only thing that I walked away disappointed with tonight. I thought more fans could have shown up, but again, I, I, I guess I'm no one to talk as I, this is my first time at Carver this year, um, but I do live uh, a couple hours away. That's a, that, that is a factor. I'll admit. Uh, Chris Murray, excuse me, Jordan Bohannon with 18 points tonight as well. Uh, a good night for him. Connor McCaffrey, what a night for uh, the senior who I do believe will be back. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I don't have any inside information on this. I think Connor McCaffrey will be back next year. I think that's a great thing because defensively he's playing the best basketball of his life and now he's shooting better than he probably has all year. So that is a uh, that is a great thing. And Darrell MVP, th- or excuse me, Darrell MVP, the real Hayden, thank you for this compliment. I enjoy doing these shows. And, and now that we've hit a thousand subscribers, our donation option is available. So you're more than happy to, more than welcome to donate. Much appreciated and appreciate everybody tuning in here this evening. So a final reminder uh, for anybody wondering, uh, we are here after every Iowa basketball game. We were not here after the Michigan State game this past week, and I apologize for that. We had a scheduling conflict that uh, just wasn't going to work on Tuesday evenings. But uh, Iowa-Michigan this following Thursday, we will be with you. So Iowa versus Michigan from Ann Arbor. And I tell you, this is going to be a game where it's going to be a litmus test, again, um, to, to have to play your final two games on the road, one against a team who's desperate in Michigan, the other against maybe the best team in the, in the Big Ten. You could make that argument. 
in uh, Illinois. That's I think that's what you want heading into the tournament. Yes, I know you you don't have the the possibility of building wins. They've won, won seven of their last eight. Now's the opportunity to get another couple of quality wins. Because um, right now, Iowa has, what, two quad one wins? Maybe just th- one, officially, that Ohio State game. Virginia's on the outside of the quad one uh, of quad one status. Utah State is as well. And I think Michigan State might have moved back in. I, I'm not a quad I'm not a quad expert. I don't follow it as, as close as maybe I, I should. I check it mo- you know here and there. But the point is, Iowa, if you win at a Michigan, that's likely a quad one win. I'd have to look at it to confirm that. If you win at Illinois, that's most definitely a quad one win. So certainly an opportunity for Iowa to get two really marquee victories this week. All right, Iowa-Michigan Thursday, March 3rd, this Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Time on Fox Sports 1. If you have not already done so, please subscribe. Turn the notifications on this channel to get alerts when we go live and when we post new content. We will be back following the game for Iowa postgame after Iowa and Michigan. Take care, all, and have a great night.